Welcome to the Bold Speak Podcast. I'm Anthony Creedon. Today on the podcast, we're going to be finishing up our study of the Sermon on the Mount by listening carefully to Jesus as he explains the difference between just hearing his words and living his words. And on The Wire, it's a programming update as I'm going to tell you what to expect from Bold Speak in the months to come and a new opportunity to team up with an exciting new ministry and a podcast in September. Lots going on. Let's give them the Bold Speak. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Bold Speak podcast. So glad you can join me as we continue to take a look at Condition of the Heart, a study of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, today, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the last part of the study here. This is the second half of Lesson 8. And what we're going to hear is Jesus' closing words on, on all of the things that he's been discussing so far, what it means to live in consideration of the condition of the heart, what it means to live out the gospel in the lives of other people. I'm excited you're joining me for this because these words here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount really get to a lot of what Jesus has been trying to say all along and, and really, I think, present us with something that we need to really seriously consider as the church, how it is that we live out our life as the church in relationship to the gospel. Hearing everything that Jesus has said, what does all of that mean, not just for what we think, but what we do? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, if you had a chance to pick up the study guide, go ahead and open up to page 33. This is the second half of Lesson 8. If you haven't had a chance to get our study guide, I would encourage you to do so. And you can do that on our website, www.theboldspeak.com. There, if you go to the store, you can pick up this study guide. and It'll just give you a chance to jot down some ideas, take some notes, and that way it's really easy to track along. It'll also give you a chance to, to kind of go back and reflect on some things. If maybe this is the first time you've joined our podcast, or maybe you've missed some lessons, or just want to kind of put the whole thing together as one package when you consider the Sermon on the Mount. So I would encourage you to do that. We're also going to get into uh, the Bible today, specifically Matthew 7 verses 24 to 29, and we're going to be doing that in the English Standard Version of the Bible. That's the version that I will be using. If you don't have an English Standard Version, that's totally fine. Just pick up whatever version works best for you, and I'll give you all the verse references so you can follow along easily. And if you don't have access to a Bible right now, that is fine as well. I'll be reading all of these to you from the ESV, the English Standard Version, so that you can follow along when you're on your ride into work or wherever you are right now. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to start with reading Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Question 6. Explain Jesus' analogy of the houses. 
here in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is closing out his entire conversation by presenting us with two houses. The first is the house on the rock. Now, as Jesus explains, there's a house that is built on the rock, a solid, sturdy foundation. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, right? So that the house is severely weathered. In the process of that severe weather, that house remains standing. It's sturdy. And what Jesus compares that to is one who hears Jesus' words and then does them. The house on the sand, however, it gets weathered. That severe weather happens. The wind blows, the rain comes. And because it's on sand that shifts easily, the house falls. Jesus compares this to those who hear his words and do not do them. Now, the question to ask ourselves is specifically what is Jesus speaking about here? And if you were to pull this out of context, if you were to pull it out of the Sermon on the Mount, there's any number of things that you could place in that slot of Jesus' words. What is he saying? What is he talking about? Specifically, however, what we have to make sure we pay attention to is that this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Specifically, what Matthew is trying to communicate is he's saying, those who hear these words of the Sermon on the Mount, those who have heard Jesus speak over and over again about the condition of the heart, about emphasizing and focusing on living out the gospel in the lives of other people, all of those words, all of those ideas are the things that Jesus wants us to put into practice. Specifically, he wants us to pay attention to the condition of our heart and the condition of the heart of the church. And so what he's asking us to do is reflect a little bit upon what these things mean for us as the church. And that's a great question for us to ask ourselves. As we've listened to the Sermon on the Mount, as we've discussed what Jesus is calling us to be in living out that gospel, is that gospel just an idea? Is it just a thought process? In other words, is Jesus telling us about the gospel simply so that we can have a knowledge and an understanding of what the gospel is and what Jesus expects of us rather than living that out in the lives of other people? Has the gospel become just an idea? And if it has, we've built our house on shifting sand. Why is it shifting sand? Because when we simply deal with Christianity as a set of ideas, what we limit ourselves to in its execution is our understanding of what those ideas mean. In other words, if other ideas were to influence how we understand our life as the church, then we would live out those other ideas rather than what Jesus was promoting and speaking of in the Sermon on the Mount. Ideas shift. They change. People's perspectives on them change. People's ideas of what's right and what's wrong change. People's idea of what it means to be the church change. As sinners, we are prone to misunderstanding. We are prone to have a limited view on the world around us because as human beings, as sinful people, we don't always see the big picture, but God does. God understands how simple acts of love, grace, and mercy toward other people have long-lasting, long-term effects. And so what he's asking us to do is to live the church as God has given us the church, 
not to live out our lives as the church as we understand it, because we're prone to failure. And so what Jesus is saying here is that he wants us to not only listen to these words from the Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't just want us to listen to his teaching. He wants us to live out his teaching. And if we do that, we are building a house on solid rock. That is to say, the church will stand and stand solid. The church has issues. It has problems when we stop living the gospel and only thinking about the gospel. The gospel isn't something just to be taught in a Bible class or from a pulpit. The gospel is something that we are called to demonstrate in the lives of the people around us. That means the people within our congregation and most especially the people outside of it. And that's something that we as the church need to seriously consider. And that's the purpose of the next question. Question 7 asks this, what does this analogy look like in the church today? This is an opportunity for a little self-assessment. Uh, let's take a moment to consider what it looks like for the church to live as those who are on the rock and those who are on the sand. If you look in your study guide, I've given you a space there for, for each of those, those on the rock and those on the sand, so that we can take a moment to consider what these things actually look like. What does it look like for the church to live as those on the rock? On the basis of what we see on the Sermon on the Mount, those on the rock are those who live out the gospel calling. Those who represent Jesus in all that they do, right? Not just in what they say. And this is the purpose of this analogy. Notice that Jesus is saying, those who build on the rock or build on the sand are those who not only listen to what Jesus says, but actually live it out. So the assessment that we take upon ourselves as the church is, how are we doing as those who live on the rock? When we say that someone is forgiven, when we pronounce God's grace and mercy upon someone, do we then live in relationship with them as if that is true? Or, or do we distance ourselves from them? Do we say that someone is forgiven, but don't really interact with them anymore? We fall out of relationship with people. In fact, we can say things and think things like, well, God forgives you, and that's good, because I really can't. Right? Jesus loves you, and that's good, because I don't really feel like I love you anymore either. You have to understand that what Jesus is explaining here is that we are called to live as his representatives, to live as God desires us to live. And that may seem contrary to our emotions. It may even seem contrary to our logic, but we don't live for us as the church. We live for God. We represent God in the way that we carry ourselves. So while it may be difficult to be in relationship with certain people, while it may be difficult to find ourselves in community with those that we don't really connect with well or those who have sinned against us or those who are very different from us, while it may feel to us as very contrary to our nature, it is exactly how we are called to live and who we are called to be. You must fight that nature that desires you to remain out of relationship and struggle in the spirit 
to live in relationship to those that desire and need that relationship with the church. When you say someone is forgiven, live as if they are forgiven. When you say that someone is loved and valuable, live as if they are loved and valuable. And you'll see this in the life of the church. If you look at your specific congregation, ask yourself some critical questions. When we talk about the love of Jesus from the pulpit or in a Bible class, how do we see that love that we speak of so often reflected in our life within the congregation and especially outside of it? What are you seeing in your congregation that shows that you are living out the gospel? Are you involved in your community? Are you speaking to people about God's love? Are you telling them and showing and demonstrating for them what it means to live in grace, love, mercy, and forgiveness? If you are, you're those on the rock. But if you're not, If in the process of your living out of the Christian life, you don't really connect a whole lot with people who are different from you, especially maybe those who have sinned against you, with those who you believe to even be wrong about things, do you still live in relationship with them? When you interact with them, are you more focused on being right and sort of justifying yourself, or are you more concerned with love and care for the person that you're speaking to? When you think about your life within the congregation, is it filled with strife and and frustration and disagreements and arguments? Is everybody trying to kind of be in a place where they're more concerned about promoting their position than they are taking care and loving each other? If so, it looks a little more like those on the sand. If we're not welcoming people into our congregation, and not just the people that are convenient for us, right? Not just putting up a sign, for instance, about our VBS. Hey, look, everyone, we have a vacation Bible school. We'll talk to you about Jesus, but only if you come to us, right? If you're in a situation like that, I think you have some things to think about as to whether or not you live on the rock or whether you live on the sand. These are the things that, as the church, we need to be considering. Because again, Jesus isn't asking us just to know it and teach it. He's asking us to live it. And that looks very, very different. To stand there and say, well, I know the gospel, right? I've been a Christian all my life. I've been to Bible classes. Maybe I went to a Christian school. Maybe I went to a Christian college. Maybe I went to Christian grad school. Maybe I know all the information, but knowing all the information doesn't guarantee that you live it right so this is the this is the 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 area that jesus wants us to strongly consider are we just listening to it and understanding it maybe even teaching it or are we living it as we teach it and communicate it now that gets us to to question eight and Question eight is is fascinating in the way that you understand it and look at the way that the crowds reacted, all right? So here's question eight. How did the crowds react to Jesus' teaching at the end of chapter seven? It says this, verse 28 and 29. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. In other words, the, the people were sort of dumbfounded by this a very unique teaching to the things that they had been taught before. 
because Jesus is coming, and, and first of all, again, notice how many times he calls their religious leaders hypocrites. He's very critical of the religious hierarchy. He's very critical of the church of that day because they're all about the thoughts and not about the action. And so Jesus comes along. He begins to say that their religious leaders are hypocrites, that they say one thing but do another, that they talk about God wanting to be in relationship with his people, yet they aren't in relationship with those same people that they're called to be in relationship with. And so Jesus says, look, you guys are acting like hypocrites. Here's how this genuinely and actually works. Be in relationship with people. Connect with people. Go out. Speak to people. When you tell people that God loves them, live as if that is true and love them on my behalf. And so when you don't see that, Jesus is pointing that out as a problem. And he says it, it seems, in such a way that they recognize his authority. He carries this incredible authority. He speaks as if he knows what he's talking about. And he does. But when he speaks that way, it's a very opposite message from what the scribes and the teachers are telling them. This is sort of the juxtaposition of of the two houses, right? The house that's built on the rock, those who actually live out the gospel, it looks like the church. And you'll see this, and, and people tend to resonate to this. When you encounter a congregation whose house is built on the rock, and you see them living these things out, you know it. You just, you see it. You get the sense about you that, yeah, this is what the gospel's supposed to look like. This is how it works. And you also know when you encounter the church that's living on the sand. They're, they're always focused on the inward realities, right? The, the, the pastors ap- operate more like curators of museums than they do actual evangelists going out and living in the community, being in the community. When you see that, you know they're living as those on the sand. The Pharisees had been living on sand. They'd been teaching people to to really focus on the religion as one of law, that you have to do the right things, and once you get yourself in the right position, then God welcomes you amongst his people. But that's not what God is doing at all. That is not what it means to be the church. And when Jesus points that out, the people hear a message that that resonates with them. It sounds right. Like that that sounds to me, that looks to me like what God has been saying all along. But from those who have been saying they represent the church, that's not the vibe I'm getting. And so there's an astonishment, a surprise at this message that is so counter what they have believed their religion to be. To be honest with you, that's what I hope Bold Speak is and what Bold Speak continues to become. An opportunity for us to reflect on what it means to be the church and for people to hear a message of living the gospel that sounds right. It sounds like what Jesus has been communicating all this time, what Paul has been saying all this time, what the Old Testament has shown all this time. And maybe, just maybe, and this is my sincere prayer causes us as the church to stop and think a moment about whether or not we live as those in the sand or those in the rock. Now, if you've listened to these things, if you've had a moment to 
think about these lessons surrounding the living out of the gospel and you've said to yourself at any point, you know what, that's something I need to work on. That's something I need to focus on. I, I need to change some things in the ways that I live my life as a believer in Jesus Christ. If you've had a moment like that, that's a wonderful. That's amazing. That's fantastic. That's exactly what I've hoped uh, that the Spirit would work in your life. And there's a chance, and, and you maybe have already gone through a process of repentance with that, and I'm grateful for that. If you're a person who has looked at this and said, well, this resonates with me and something that's bothered me for a long time, excellent. I encourage you to be part of a solution that helps the church to continue to build houses on rock rather than sand. If this is something that you've listened to and there are some things about it you don't agree with and you've stopped and said, well, I don't really know about that or I disagree with that, engage with me on that topic, right? Uh, talk to us about it. There's an email that uh, is available to, to you um, called any it's any questions at theboldspeak.com, right? Any questions at theboldspeak.com. Email me. I would love to have a further conversation with you about it. Uh, you want to comment in, in the space down below from the podcast, wherever you subscribe or on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, any of those sorts of things, and you want to engage in further conversation about this, I would love to do that because my heart desires more than anything that we would live out the gospel as those on the rock that we would welcome people into the church, that we would not just talk about forgiveness, but live forgiveness, that we would bring people into a fully restored relationship with the church, that we have a process to do that, that we work with people in repentance, and that repentance comes as a, a three-step process of recognition, remorse, and reconciliation. That we would help people who have been involved in sin, any sin, serious sins, small sins, to move through a process of reconciliation and eventually be restored within the church. Because that is what I believe God has called us to do. That our forgiveness is real and lived. And I want nothing more than for us to be the church that shows Jesus and shows that mercy above all. So I, I appreciate you joining me as we've continued through this study of the Sermon on the Mount. And I really hope that something has come from this, not the least of which, a recognition and an understanding of just how much God loves you and how much he desires to be in relationship with you and for you to be in relationship with others. And as we think about living lives of the gospel, I want to make sure that we understand that everybody has their own story, their own journey and experiences with the gospel. And that's really something that I want to bring out, especially as we consider what's next for the Bold Speak podcast. And that's what we're going to get to on this edition of The Wire. Wire. I'm a believer that God gives us opportunities, not destinies. That is to say, God regularly provides us with chances to use our gifts to his glory, no matter where we find ourselves. Sometimes, whether from confusion, ignorance, or even our own sin, we miss those opportunities. But that never stops God from presenting us with new ones. My own life has been an example of this very truth. I am a sinner who is well aware of the negative consequences of falling out of relationship with God and into a mess of my own making. But God never left me. In fact, 
He took my mess and used it to change my life in drastic ways, allowing me to grow as a person and in my faith to the point that I firmly believe he has given me this mission, to help people learn to live the gospel. But it hasn't been an easy journey, and it has come with its share of struggles and tough choices. And that is where I believe I can help. Understanding what it means to live the gospel didn't happen overnight. In fact, it was a process of God allowing me to make huge mistakes and dying in my own sin in order to resurrect me in his image and with new purpose. Now on the other side of that journey, I have an opportunity to share what I've seen. But I'm not the only one on a journey. Many, many others, many of you have your own struggles, questions, stories, and experiences that God has placed before you and that have helped you to gain perspective and maybe can help us gain some perspective too. So here's what I want to do. Beginning in August, Bold Speak is going to begin what we're calling The Journey, Life in the Gospel. It's a chance for us to hear from others about their journey with the gospel, some good, some bad, and everywhere in between. I'm going to be searching for opportunities to engage people on the podcast with interviews and conversations so that you can hear many stories of how the gospel has had an effect on their lives. The hope is that maybe you'll hear something that resonates with you and can help. Now, this also means that the podcast schedule will look a little different. This is for two reasons. First, between marriage, moving, and more in my life, my life's going to get pretty busy over the next several months. And with a full-time job that keeps me occupied for several hours a day, I need to make sure that I'm keeping some balance. But second, conversations with others takes time to set up, so that may make the release of these podcasts less frequent and a little more sporadic as I find other voices to join me in this discussion of our journeys in the gospel. What about the Bible study, you may ask? Well, it'll still be there as always, but it's going to be on portions of scripture that relate well to the discussion. This will help us form a more full picture of how the gospel plays itself out in our lives, no matter what the situation and as for the study guide, well, that's maybe the best part. It's going to be free. All you have to do is sign up for our newsletter, and I'm going to be sending out the individual study guides for each podcast as they become available. It's my way of thanking you for being listeners and encouraging you to live out the gospel. You can sign up for the newsletter on our website at www.theboldspeak.com or by clicking the link I'll be providing in the description of this podcast. Now, in the immortal words of every infomercial salesperson ever, wait, there's more. I'm excited to announce that I'll also be adding my gifts to an exciting new podcast from Concordia Center for the Family. This podcast will discuss topics involving the significance and importance of family ministry and how to address many of the challenges that face modern families today through roundtable discussions with experts in the field of family dynamics and family ministry, the goal is to assist families by better equipping them and those who serve them. This is an incredible ministry and one I sincerely hope that you get connected to. Look for more information coming soon on the Boldspeak website and at concordiacenterforthefamily.org. So, 
As you can hear, there's lots going on at Bold Speak and lots more to come. I'm excited to begin this new journey with you and look forward to growing in how we live the gospel and as God's people. Make sure to sign up for that newsletter at www.theboldspeak.com and I look forward to the weeks and months to come. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bold Speak Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you stay connected with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at forward slash the Bold Speak. Get connected on our website at www.theboldspeak.com. And make sure you subscribe to this channel and all our media channels to stay up to date on the latest news, information, and content as we release them. Until next time, everyone, I'm Anthony Creedon, and that is the Bold Speak.